In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Good morning. Um, this has always been one of my favorite weekends of the year. Um, despite the fact that in Isla Vista, there is barrage after barrage after barrage of skyrockets and M-80s and, fi and fireworks of all kinds. Um, I, at random times, any time from first thing in the morning until next first thing in the morning, uh, waking you up and driving your animals crazy. In spite of all of that, I love this weekend. I love this weekend because it celebrates the possibility of what we were born to be. We were born to be Americans, and we were born to be saints. We, in the celebration of the saints of North America, see our possibilities in this land. Today, the anthems and the hymns, both of them, summon us to a high calling. Today is about our roots, and it is about our future. And do not let anyone rob you of the beauty of this weekend because of the chaos of this weekend or because of the chaos of the news, because of the uncertainty, because of the division of this weekend. Do not let anyone rob you of the glory of this weekend. Just 18 years after our very first 4th of July, when the United States of America was newborn, on the barren yet beautiful coast of Alaska, the ancient East touched the new land of the West. A band of monks from the far west of Russia had journeyed across Russia, overland, and then over water. And they came with a charismatic fire of love and faith in their hearts. They came to bring that fire to us who did not know it, to us who had not yet even asked for it, to us who did not know it. They came to bring it. Now, some missionaries of some faith may have come to America for conquest. Some of them came to find gold. Some of them came for political reasons, fleeing from their homelands. But these came with the fire of love in their hearts. They came with a gentle motive. These monks came with love in their hearts. They had been brought here. They had been asked for here by Russians who had come here ahead of them. Um, Russians who Russians call promyshleniki. Great word, it means frontiersmen. It's a word that we Americans can kind of relate to. The Russians had come here as fur traders, as miners, uh, but they had come with the zealous fire of their faith, but without clergy. And so after a time of being here, the Russian settlers in Alaska asked that the Mother Church send to them clergy. These monks came here 
with a fire of love, not just for those who had called them. They came here, and very soon, whether they brought it with them or whether they met it on the land, they found a fire of love for this land and for its people, the people of the new world. We have many writings, especially from St. Herman of Alaska, that are still existing. They spoke with affection about the indigenous people that they met, the Aleuts, whom they called the Americans. And later, St. Herman said, we cannot save what we do not love, and you cannot save what you do not love. You want evangelism? You want to convert people? You cannot save what you do not love. Let that sit deep within you from St. Herman. In a letter to a friend, St. Herman declared, faith and love of Christ make a true Christian and that his teachings were, quote, aimed at those who are thirsting and searching. Thirsting and searching. Herman seemed to presume without judgment that all of the Americans that he met, that all of the Russians that he met were thirsting and searching. What if we presume that of all the strangers that we met? What if that was the starting point of our interaction with everyone we met, that somehow or another, whether you know it or not, you're thirsting and searching? Now, if we said that, they'd probably have us committed. But what if we presumed that in our dealings with them, in our hearts? There is one story in particular, and this one I have always loved, of a young Russian government official named Simeon Yanovsky, who was a free-thinking, secular humanist, kind of like most of the folks I work with out in the world, free-thinking, secular humanists. I went, oh, okay, I can relate to that. Yet rather than confronting Simeon and arguing with him, getting into some sort of a, forgive me, a culture war with him, what if you know, what, what if he would have come at him with, uh, like he was, uh, you know, forgive me, off Fox News or something, you know, arguing with him about everything that he said. Rather than that, what he chose to do was to come alongside him as a friend. First, Herman reported to Simeon, because Simeon had some administrative responsibility. He reported to Simeon about the needs of the native people. And by the persistence of his advocacy, by the gentleness of his advocacy, he won some concessions for his poor neighbors. Kind of a Christian thing to be doing, I'm thinking. Later, the venerable monk came alongside Simeon to serve with him in a time of terrible sickness that came to the settlement a time when many of the settlement were dying because of a great sickness. And Simeon recalled later that Father Herman would at all times speak gently of the things of the heart. Speak gently of the things of the heart. 
What if we met our neighbors speaking gently of the things of the heart? Simeon, in time, was converted by this. In time, the skeptic became a believer. In time, he was won over by Herman's faith, not so much because of Herman's arguments or Herman's confrontations, but by his love. He was won by his love and his deeds. What would Herman say to us today if he were to be giving the homily at St. Athanasius Orthodox Church or in any other church? What would St. Herman say to us? What change would he suggest that we should be looking for in our own lives before we would go to demand change in the lives of our neighbors? What change would he look for? We find his answer written on many of the icons of him. On the icons of many, you will see, from this day, from this hour, from this very minute, love God above all else. Love God above all else. Before you get your arguments right, love God above all else. Before you get your arguments right, love your neighbor before all else. That's what Herman might say if Herman was here today. And springing from that simple love of God, we will begin to find, and this is a promise, it's a promise, trust me, just like you would a priest, springing from the simple love of God, we will find that our complicated relationships with everyone and everything around us will begin to change. You want the world around you to change? Find the love of God, find the peace of God, find the love of your neighbor, give peace to your neighbor. You want the world to change, begin there. The simple love of God will make clear with us what all our complications have obscured. It will make clear what all our opinions about everything have obscured. The love of God will wipe away the confusion, will wipe away the chaos, will wipe away the division, slowly but surely, of everything around us. From the love of him, we will go forth for his commandments and his kingdom. We will love everyone and everything, everything that he places in our path, everyone that he places in our path. St. Herman not only loved God, but he went on from there to love the Americans, to love all of the Americans who were put in his path. He loved not only the people, but he loved the land. He fed the bears. He fed the birds from his own meager food stock. And it is even reported by some that he actually hugged trees. Kind of like St. Seraphim. And kind of like a bunch of the others. He hugged trees. He loved the trees. 
Among the trees, Herman himself used to tell of how he conversed there with the angels. For him, the wilderness of America was not a barren place, but it was a lively place. It was a lively place, this America, on its way to becoming a holy land. He himself said that. It is a land on its way to becoming holy. And at least one small place of it, St. Herman's Spruce Island, has become holy. And it is a place that you will still meet, St. Herman, if you go there today. Because the saint loved it, and he loved it dearly, and he placed his life there. Do we so hold the American land and all its people that all this land might become a holy land. Not just little places of it, but that it all. For it will not become a holy land. It will stay the messed up place that it is a good part of the time if we don't love it. It will stay what it is if we don't love it somehow. Do we love all of the people, even those of contrary opinions, politics, different race, different religion, richer than us, poorer than us? If we are to see the far-seeing prophecy of St. Herman and all the rest of the North American saints fulfilled, we must so love our land and its people. We dare not hold our neighbors or our land at arm's length if we are to fulfill the love that we say we have for God. We say we have love for God. Let us show love for our neighbors. The Son of God was in the bosom of the Father, and he left that comfort and came to us. Herman, Juvenali, Innocent, Tikhon, Nicholas, Raphael, and all the rest, both those whose names we know and those whose names we don't know, all of those simple folks whose names we do not know, who came here with love and loved this land and its people, we commemorate them today. Last night at Vespers, we heard um, what some of my rock and roll friends would call chicken skin music. We heard, we heard some music that gave me goosebumps. We heard, rejoice, O mountains of Pennsylvania. Leap for joy, O waters of the Great Lakes. Rise up, O fertile pl plains of Canada. For the elect of Christ who dwell in you are glorified. Those saints are glorified. And their la the land they touched might become glorified. If we in our time are to fulfill our mission in America, that mission that they left for us to complete, it will be because we love God first and then the land and the people that we were given. Dare we to lift up this divided, turbulent land, or do we just put on a bumper sticker, take a side like all the rest? Do we love only the ones who think like we do politically? Or do we love the whole land? Does this land remain 49-51, 50-50, 47-whatever? 
Does it remain divided? Or might we become those who lift it up to the glory of God? To might we be the ones who say, O most holy Theotokos, open the door of thy compassion upon this land. By the, by the prayers of all saints, keep the church and our land in abiding peace. Through the Theotokos, O most merciful one. We should not just celebrate the saints of North America today. We should become the saints of North America today. Do we dare to become the saints of North America in our generation? For the life of the world and for its salvation, we must. Lord, have mercy. May God bless America. <laughs>